This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, gone. Go hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live from the Treehouse. It's happy hour, so when they open up the gates, come in and see us. We got everything rolling. I can tell you there is a whole, if you can see, get out of the way here. If you're listening, athletics.com slash cast. I apologize. But if you can see the table full of prizes, we'll be giving that away here later on with the great Amelia Schimmel is going to be here. We're going to be playing... Uh, Ruby Lopez is here also. We're going to be playing a little bingo here at the Treehouse. Happy hour, drinks, half off, food, the whole thing. You're going to absolutely love it. Come see us here in the Treehouse. I got to tell you, today is going to be very special. Liam Hendricks is going to join us coming up here at 415. I just got off the phone with Brody Brazil. Great to have Brody Brazil Back today on NBC Sports California doing A's pre- and post-game live. So we're back to doing us again. Back to our normal schedule of A's cast live. And Liam was just in the dugout with Brody. So soon we'll be making his way up. Uh, the great Ken Korak, the voice of your Oakland Athletics. And it's a Friday. That means Mark Katze. It's the Mark Katze show. I have to say, experience sometimes is everything. Yes, I know. I'm talking about how uh, we'd love to see a bunch of the young guys as Tyler Soderstrom has gone get, gone deep again yesterday down at AAA number 18. I keep calling for the young guys. But I will tell you, here, let me scoot over here. As I, I do not get here if it's not for experience. The elevators down below are not working. If you don't know the inner workings of Mount Davis, this building really does not coordinate with the other part of the stadium. I don't know a lot of people if you understand that, but essentially they shoved Mount Davis into the Coliseum, and the two facilities really don't work all that well together. 
So I walked out of the field behind the players, said hello, said hello to your buddy Sammy Spinrate. Got to talk a little bit with Scott Emerson on the field. Rolled through the center field. You see that's where all the cars come through when we do the celebrations. That's where the bleachers came through for the Raiders games. And back there is a batting cage for the opposing team. And there's an ele- elevator there. Service, silv- uh, the service elevator would not come down today. So that meant you had to go through the maze to get up through Mount Davis, go out into the stands and walk all the way around. Get to go through the stomper zone to make it here. If it wasn't for my vast experience of doing not only A's programming here, celebrations here, but also I used to do the Raiders post game out here, uh, out here at uh, Mount Davis on the other side uh, where the other bar is. If it wasn't for that, I would not have made it here today on time. Well, I'm glad you did make it because I know how important you want to. How important is it to talk to Liam Hendricks? Well, and I can tell you there was a security guard that was not like. Literally could not believe I was where I was and like had to look at my badge to really make sure I was a, a, a person that should be yeah. roaming around in places where he felt I should not be. And even when he looked at my credential, he looked at me like I should not be in the stadium. Well, he was not a happy campy camper with me. Well, you made it here. That's I, d- I didn't tell him how long I've been around all these years, but uh, he didn't seem to care. I didn't tell him that, though. Don't care about the end result. Worry about the journey. Well, we're here in Mount Davis. It, it is such – maybe someday they should really do a tour through the bowels of Mount Davis and what this place really is like and how convoluted and really what a horrible freaking design this thing is. It couldn't be any worse. Like, you should be – whoever built this thing and designed this thing should literally be so ashamed of themselves that they this thing cost a lot of money. It was like what four hundred and something million dollars. That sounds about right, and it that was co- a lot for that was back, and that was a while ago. It only cost three hundred and like eighty or ninety million to build Pac Bell Park. You realize that? Yeah, no, I'm putting no. I didn't know that till now. That's how much it cost. Yeah, it did not cut like like we. Everybody goes. The Giants built their own ballpark. Well, when you look at actual now, I know the dollar changes as we get older in life. But it was not as much money as people portrayed it to be. The the Toronto Blue Jays are about to dump over three hundred million into the Rogers Center. So basically, I don't know what the total was. We had it during the broadcast. I don't remember, but. Over $300 million, we should get that number. Guys, check to see how much money they're going to invest into the Rogers Center. So they're going to put 300 something million in. Well, it was under $400 million to build Pac-Bell. I, I didn't know that. You now know it as Oracle Park. Remember how they made it out to be like, this is the biggest number, and the Giants are going to be paying over $20 million a year? $300 million? Yeah, they're going to put, How much was it to build Pac-Bell Park? I'm going to say 384. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. Well, were you thinking like a billion? No, no, no. I was thinking. Well, I mean, back the Giants the- get a lot of credit. The Giants get a lot of credit, and they should get a lot of credit, but it wasn't as much as you think it is. How much? 357 million. That was just 23 years ago. 350. Yeah. When they built it, it was like, oh, my God, we cannot believe a team is doing this. Now our stadiums cost well over a billion dollars. We talk over a billion dollars. Pac-Bell Park was 357. 
Why do you think they paid it off so fast? And Toronto's about to dump into their old stadium almost as much money as the Giants built their new stadium. Crazy to think when you talk about the dollars and cents and what facilities cost. By the way, Liam Hendricks has texted me, grabbing food be up there in about 15 minutes or so. Hey, look to see how much it costs for this place, Mount Davis. I'm going to say $400 million. Should be easily Googleable. New word. I mean, they're still paying it off. They pushed the bonds back as far as they could. They're still paying this building off for many, many years. That's one of the reasons why I do not think the A's will be leaving the Coliseum anytime soon, as much as people are political. and Do you got it? Got what? Oh, uh, you're doing I was, I, was resp- I was responding to Liam, yeah. Why is it like Dan Patrick looks at his guys and his guys have it like that and, and our guys look at us like we're asking for some type of. Oh, well, let's, 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 take, let's pull back the curtain. You ask them to find the reliever thing, and I'm like, right, okay. They were looking for like five minutes, and I finally go on. Okay, and I if find you want to find starters, relievers, it's MLB.com. You go to team, you go to pitching, and then you could go to. Two hundred million. Yeah. Wow, we rallied it. Two hundred million to two hundred million. This is the best you got for two hundred million. But that was back in what the nineties. That's a lot of money care. back then. It's terrible. I mean, it's a lot of money now, but I mean that the, the fact that we fix this joint up, make it. I mean, the treehouse is awesome. This was just a generic bar with carpet, and so is the other bar. So those are the two. There's a middle bar, and there's a bar at the end, and a bar here. You're not talking about the uh, was it the East Side Club? It's the East Side. So yeah. it was the East Side Club. I remember, I remember that from Raider days. Yeah, I'll never forget. You want the most tragic story ever about this place? Is when it was at the end of the Dennis Allen era. And I, I, I went down to say, because I did the Dennis Allen show. For you Raider fans, remember the great Dennis Allen, the head coach of the Saints. I went in and said goodbye to him and came up. And as I was coming in the other side of Mount Davis, the East Side Club, a woman tried to take her life. She jumped off, and a Marine, an ex-Marine, broke her fall and saved her life. Oh wow! You did probably that, weren't even here for that. Yeah, oh, it was. I, and then I had to start a post-game show. Is that all happened right, right there? Jesus. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, now crazy, crazy stories about the Coliseum. Maybe someday, through all my A's and Raiders stuff, I'll write a book. I'll say, flash forward all these years later, Dennis Allen's back with Derek Carr. Derek Carr Funny is how that now works. a <laughs> New Orleans Saint. Uh, the, the, the most shocking thing today, the most shocking thing going into tonight's game, and there's no question. It, I mean, I, I, I've, read through all the, I've read through all the notes of every single game. I thought you were going to go with the big trade that happened before you came up here. I'm not going to go with the Roldis Chapman. This is still the most shocking. The Roldis Chapman is now a Texas Rangers. Good for them. We'll get into that in a moment. I could not believe this. I read this today, and this is in, 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 the most interesting thing in all of baseball today is in our notes against the Chicago White Sox. The Chicago White Sox, who are 36 and 47, they have been absolutely god-awful. They're talking about fire sale. They're talking about players want out. Kenny Williams from Oakland, Stanford, played football and baseball at Stanford, had a little bit of a major league career, has been a long-time general manager. Now he's president, the executive vice president, I believe he is. And Han, their GM, is the exec- – Rick Han, yeah. Rick Han is the what? GM. I'm sure he has now, a fancy title, too. He's a vice president, I believe. I think they both got by- – one's executive vice president, the other is vice president. Uh, people are talking about whether they're going to lose their jobs, whether they should be building for the future, even though they won't be a part – whatever. Uh, uh, executive vice president is Ken Williams. 
Senior Vice President, General Manager Rick Hahn. I told you, he had a, he had a, <laughs> he had a fancy title. The Chicago White Sox at 36 and 47 are only four and a half games back in their division. That is insane. How bad the American League Central is, Twins, Guardians, that you can be a team that's 36 and 47, and you're talking about unloading everybody, and you're only four and a half games back. Right now, you got Minnesota and Cleveland both playing at a 488 clip. Minnesota at 40 and 42, Cleveland at 39 and 41. White Sox are just four and a half games back. Detroit, Detroit is 10 games under 500. 10 games under 500, and they're only four back. That's insane. Yeah. That's how bad the AL Central is. It's like, I can't, like, it's like, I understand, like, if you're a fan, you'd look at this and you'd say, well, you know, we're really in this thing. No, you're not. And I know anything can happen if you get to the postseason. It'll be interesting to talk to Liam Hendricks about it. Like, you're really, you're a bad, you're a really, really, really bad team. But you're only four and a half games back because you're in a really, really, really bad division. So from a business standpoint, do you try and save something that's that bad? Or do you go with reality and say, you know what, past couple of years, this team is so underachieved and it's time to go to the next level. Why are you, you, you I think Liam Hendricks is going to be here in a second because Cody is like in a panic. Um, Aroldis Chapman has been traded and he is now a Texas Ranger. I think is a phenomenal move for the Texas Rangers. Uh, Aroldis Chapman has has had some good innings this year, has had some stretches. And, you know, you, you knew there was going to be some guys, you know, because we kept saying, who do the Royals have? Like, who do the A's have? Aroldis Chapman and you got the Rangers and the Astros going to be hooking up. You have him for a month versus waiting till the deadline. I don't know who they gave up for him. I can't imagine it's anybody worth anything. But for a team that's in first place, and a team that under Bruce Bochy will be getting into some bullpen numbers here in just a little bit because there's some interesting bullpen numbers. But the Texas Rangers, five-game lead over the Astros, really the first big domino. I don't think there's going to be a lot of dominoes. I could be wrong, but I do not think that we are going to have some hot and heavy trading deadline. Unless teams that are competitive and in it are trading with other teams that are competitive or in it, you're not going to see a whole lot. The, you know, the White Sox are the one team I'd be going to find some players. But how about that? Aroldis Chapman to the Texas Rangers. I think it's a great move for, for um, Michael Young. Not Michael Young. Chris uh, Young. Chris Young, their GM, the 6'10", former Princeton basketball player. I think it's a great move for him to get power arm into your bullpen, an extra power arm, even though their bullpen, the Texas Rangers bullpen, has thrown the least amount of innings so far in all of Major League Baseball. That's correct. And it was uh, Cole Ray, uh, Reagans and, uh, and a minor leaguer that's going back to, to the Kansas City Royals. The Royals have uh, really bad starting pitching, so maybe Cole Reagans can help them in their starting rotation. I, mean, I, I love the move. Chapman's not making that much money. He's on a one-year deal. So it's a good move for Bruce Bochy, who manages a bullpen very well, and for a Rangers team to try to make it back to the postseason. And half – 
everybody in their infield besides their first baseman starting the All-Star game. So they have a pretty good team when, it, when you look at what they've done so far this year. Yeah, you're getting a 4-2 and two record with a 2.45 ERA. He's got two saves. That's really kind of the biggest thing right there is that he has the ability to close games out for you. He has the ability to be in those high-leverage innings. And really, going to the Royals was a great kick in the pants because there was definitely some question about his desire. There was questions about his professionalism. And in New York, you're going to get called out pretty quick. And remember, they dumped him off the playoff roster, didn't want him. So uh, it was time to sink or swim. Was he 35? Is that is he that old now? I think he's got to be mid thirties. Yeah, I know he's in his thirty here. Click uh, thirty-five. Yeah, he's thirty-five years old. He's not closing because Barlow's our closer. So fifty-three strikeouts and twenty-nine and a third. And once again, you're adding a guy like Aroldis Chapman into the mix of a bullpen that has the fewest innings pitched so far, which is huge because we will. Is is he on his way like he's going to be here? Well, so I sent our Renee, our intern, down to grab him because Liam said, what's the best way up here? And I was like, well, if that elevator's not working, that's not the best way. So he's going to Well, you have to, you have to know what floor to get off, and you've yeah. got, you got to know your way. Yeah. Players never come up here. Like, how many times have we been here in the treehouse, and we bring one of, they'll bring one of our players up here. They don't even know this exists. Yeah. Players literally don't go anywhere but clubhouse field. So when when guys say, oh, I always like playing in Detroit, they don't know. They've only been <laughs> to the clubhouse in the field. They never – it's very it, – it was actually during COVID, which I thought was funny, and I remember who the Astros player was. But there was an Astros player – because remember, the bullpen guys would just sit in the stands by themselves with the cutouts. And I remember there was one time NBC was showing the Astros guy was roaming – the Coliseum. Wasn't it Granky? No, it was somebody else. It was a reliever. And he was roaming the Coliseum, and he disappeared into Mount Davis, and he came back. Grinky sat in the stands. But this guy was roaming all around, and it was interesting, you know, because these guys never get to see these stadiums. So you could say, yeah, what's it like to Yankee Stadium? How great is the new Yankee Stadium? Because the new Yankee Stadium is a palace. They don't know. They only go to the clubhouse, and I know how they feel because I've done it too. When, I, when I've traveled with the A's, I make sure I leave the press box and I go all around the stadium, so I've been around these stadiums. Now, when I was working and traveling for the Raiders, I never went into the stands. I would only – you bus in, you go to the – you go into the locker room, you go out onto the field, you come back to the locker room. So I've been to all these NFL stadiums. I couldn't even tell you what the bars look like or the restaurants look like. And they're incredible, right? All these NFL stadiums are all – they're all fit to the nines, man. Everything you, people talk about are just absolutely incredible. Wembley Stadium I got to see, though. Wembley Stadium has the most interesting restaurant and one of the most famous facilities in the history of sports of all the big soccer matches all on the pitch, all the big concerts, all the greatest entertainers, um, the queen going by. They have, a, they have a restaurant at Wembley Stadium that has chandeliers and all the waiters and waitresses are in tuxedos. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was I'm not like, su- I mean, I'm not surprised, but. And I walked in because you know me, I'm not afraid to walk in and be out of place. So I go in there and I got all my Raider gear on and I got all my equipment. I'm like, this place is pretty sweet. 
They're having lobster and champagne. Guys are in tuxedos. Everybody's dressed up. And I went, yeah, the English. They do it right. And I can, and I can see, like, for the, for the big wigs, because there's, there's not a team that actually play. I, I, I want to say only the national team plays there. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure who plays there. You're a soccer guy. Not really. Uh, I mean, I'm going to the Quakes game tomorrow. Yeah, Quakes match at uh, Sanford Stadium, California Classic. For all, for, we got people who, who can text into us, right? Uh, yeah, YouTube comments. Hey, for you soccer people, it is, it's only the national, the, the Britain's national team is the only team that plays there. Uh, it's the home, they, that, they National have, Stadium of England and the home of the English football. Yeah. They, it, have, they have, like, there will be matches there, but the, it's like the home field. For, for the, the national yeah, team. The, it's, when I type in who plays at Wembley Stadium, it says England It says England national football team. There you go. It's a pretty big deal. But, yeah, the, the, the restaurant with the fancy chandeliers and everybody in tuxedos, you're not getting that at the Coliseum. I don't think we're expecting that at the Coliseum. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Uh, by the way, Renee responded on their way. Okay. I know you're a little distracted. Yeah, well, it's – I didn't. I, 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 it was my bad for thinking Liam remembered how to get up here. These dudes <laughs> don't know how to get here. Well, me, me, the best one ever was when we had. Remember when we had Emo in the press box because of the weather. Emo has and worked here how many years? He goes, I've been here for twenty years. This is my first time in the press box. <laughs> it's the same elevator, like literally the elevator here at the Coliseum. There's one elevator. That's why whoever built the Coliseum is a moron. It's one elevator, right? And it works for everything. So when it breaks down, it basically shuts down everything. The actual clubhouse is, I don't know, less than a minute away from this elevator. You can get from the clubhouse. Scott Emerson has been working here for how many years and has never been anywhere outside of the clubhouse and the field, and he's been here for how many years? Yeah, well, he, he said 20 years. 20 years he's been here. He's never been up here. Mark Kotze had agreed, by the way, today to come up to the treehouse and do the interview right here. They had some meeting. By the way, there's all kinds of news. Yeah. Uh, the big man, Muller, is back and going to be starting tomorrow. The yeah. big left-hander. That wasn't even announced in the news we got initially. I that found was, that out down the field because yeah. I saw him. I said, hey, wait a minute. The big lefties here. Actually, Marcus, our intern, was like, hey, I think I see him in the players a lot. I'm like, oh, that hasn't officially been announced yet. But Marcus, um, he man of the, pe- the people on the streets. I made sure I asked the great Mark Ling if I could mention it. Muller will be the starting pitcher tomorrow for your athletics. I see, yeah, and I saw, I think. Uh, well, Katze mentioned it as I was walking up here, I guess. Yeah. he. Uh, you're, so, not up to, you're not up to date? Well, no, I saw Muller because of Twitter. But I, saw, I knew he was here. We were speculating so, about well, it. What are the changes then? So Jordan Diaz, Rico Garcia, and Kirby Sneed are all back. Uh, Cap is now on the 15-day injured list, retroactive to June 27th with a strained right shoulder. Yexel Rios on the 15-day IL with uh, retroactive to June 29th with by the way, Ronald syndrome. By the by, yeah, and Jonah Bright optioned. By the way, we need uh, we yeah, you know, no joke. What what Rios is doing, Yaxel, and they're going to change some things with medication to help him out with the numbness in his fingers. It's, it's not the uh, thora- thoracic uh, outlet syndrome, outlet syndrome. but uh, whenever someone doesn't have feeling in their limbs, that's a scary thing. So, you know, we're thinking about Yaxel Rios. Just, I know he's not watching, but I just, you know, for the fans out there, always good to put positive vibes out there. Um, he's going to be okay, but whenever I hear stuff like that, 
that scares me. Yeah. And I, I know it's, he's going to be fine. It's just seriously, when you got numbness in your hands or your feet, that, that, that is a, that's a tough situation. Now, Mueller, so they don't have to make a move yet for Mueller. Well, the other thing, too, is Mason Miller was, option to the, or was uh, transferred to the 60-day injured list. Okay, but that's not going to deal with Mueller pitching tomorrow. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Let's see. Rios on the IL cap. Bride to AAA. Yeah, so there's a spot still open because they did four moves. Okay. Called three, they called up Rico Garcia, Jordan Diaz, and they brought Kirby Seed back from the 60 to Angeles. So there's another spot open now. And I was not planning on talking about this today. I guess that would be how that works. But this one, it just, it, it's, it's upsetting. As James Caprillion is just not a guy that you can count on. And it's sad. I want to love Cap. I like Cap as a guy. Unfortunately, this is a sport that the old saying is the number one saying. The best ability is availability. And if you can't get, if you can't get on the mound and you can't pitch for us and you have a history from the time you were drafted to where you are now at 29 years old, because Cap, Comes back from Vegas for a second time. It sounded like he had to come to Jesus with himself this last time in Vegas. He comes back, and he's a different guy. Doesn't have, I mean, his fastball is not the same. Doesn't matter. He's a different guy. He's mentally stronger. He's mentally tougher. Everything is just better. His control is better. The slider's better. And Cap finally looks like that guy. He finally looks like the guy we think he can be. And what happens? Shoulder. 15-day injury list. I mean, how, how do you how how do you proceed? Uh, it's very tough. We'll get into that. The great Liam Hendricks is on his way. He'll join us next, right here on A's Cast Live. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Chris Townsend, and it is summertime. You want to look your best, and I can't tell you how excited I am. Commander Cody, we've got our new shipment from Link Soul, all the summer gear. So whether you're playing golf or you're going out for dinner, you're hanging out with your buddies, or you're going to the beach, go see our friends at LinkSoul.com. And right now they have an offer where you can get 20% off. Go to LinkSoul.com. Remember in the big leagues, look good, play good. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, we have always said if there was one player is our favorite player all time here on A's Cast Live, and he has made the most appearances by far on this program, it's this man, Liam Hendricks, right here, who has been, once again, uh, all the years here in the Bay Area, what you have done to help people, to help animals, uh, what you've done for kids, and then now with your battle with cancer and beating cancer and now a new project for you in your life. It is great to have you back on, but it is so good to see you. you know, I, we, we sent out so many thoughts and prayers for you when, when we found out about it. But, of course, in your fashion, <laughs> you beat it, and here you are. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. But, um, yeah, it was, it was not the off season we really drew up, that's for sure. But 
Hey, it is what it is. You, you take them as they come, and uh, you push forward. I mean, it just had to be shocking when you first got the news. A uh, little bit, yes and no, but because I'd had the lumps there for six, seven months, um, that made it a little bit easier. Yeah. Like, I would had WebMD and all now that sort knew, of fun stuff. Yeah. So, like, I looked at it, and I was like, okay, it could be this, 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 or this. Then they actually told me what it was, and it wasn't as much of a shock as it was, I wouldn't say a relief by any means, but it was nice at least knowing what it is because I was more worried about them not being able to figure out what it was, and then you just go through like, okay, is it something that I need to be concerned about? Is it not? Like, what do I do from here? It's just the, the not knowing is always harder than actually knowing because as soon as you know, you can put a plan in place and you can start, start getting after it. You know, recently ESPN just did a piece on you and taking you a little bit through the process. Just take us through that process, what it was like, because in the back of your mind, knowing you, it's like, I'm going to beat this, and I will be back out on the mound. Yeah, so initially we, we got told uh, December 7th, called my wife on the way home, um, and, yeah, it was, that was an emotional time. But after that, it was, okay, let's get everything confirmed, let's move forward, and let's see what we need to do. And it was like, okay, well, I'm going to go through this, but what can we do to – what can we do to, like, there's a silver lining in there, in there somewhere. Maybe it's silver lining for me and it's a little bit of rest and all that sort of stuff. But it was mainly, okay, look, this is uh, an underappreciated group with the Young Adult Adolescent Cancers group. Uh, let's see what we can do to raise awareness. Let's see what we can do to push forward. And let's get some fun. Let's see what we can do funding-wise and, and help out with uh, the LLS or the LRF, the Lymphoma Research Foundation or the Lymphoma and Leukemia Society. So it's like we, there's always little things we can do. And that was one thing that really kind of helped me focus on a lot of things is, okay, look, this sucks for me, but if we can make it easier on the next person, let's do that. It is amazing how you have always been. And I don't know, I've talked to your mom. I, <laughs> you have, no matter what, I remember you get DFA'd. And no matter what happens to you, you're always thinking about how to make it better and how to make it better for other people. How is that possible? Well, I mean, it, it's an easy way to not ever get down. Like, that, like you could get diagnosed with what I did and then we go, oh, why me? Why all this? And it's like, no. Look, out of all the people I know, it's probably I'm the best person suited for this because of the attitude I have in a lot of things. I, yeah. I still remain extremely optimistic. I'm a constant positive. So, like, why? that It's better for me to go through something like this because I know that I can handle it. And I tell you what, it was, it was the hardest on my wife because I'm on the bed. I'm getting all the treatment done. But... She's sitting there not being able to help out, not being able to do anything. And that's, uh, yeah, that, that can't feel good. So me going through the treatment was, wasn't bad at all. But I, I, always, I always think about the caretakers. They're the ones who, who go through it. They're the ones who see the goods and the lows and the highs and everything. But they're the ones who can't help. And it's, uh, it's a helpless feeling. Well, your wife has been such a rock in so many different ways. I remember back when you were an athletic and there were certain – players that were in the bullpen who let's just say weren't the most mentally tough guys and your wife wouldn't allow you to be one of those guys <laughs> and I remember how strong your wife was through your adversity just as a player I can imagine what she was like now through the diagnosis and you getting better just talk about the strength of your partner your wife what she's meant to you in your life not yeah. only as a player but going no. through all these things yeah i mean it just it's exacerbated the fact of how much we need each other like me going through this i would not have been able to one i don't think i'd be in the spot of my career that i would be in without her uh and then going through this it was like there was some days where i was i was struggling a little bit days wise just mentally 
And she was the person who was consistently picking me up when I was down, which is uh, usually it's her having to kind of push me down a little bit to make sure I don't get too big-headed and too into myself. So it, it, was, it was another turn of things. But no, she's, um, she's the best. She's, uh, yeah, she's been kind of running point on a lot of these things that we're trying to do off the field. And going through that while, you know, I call it babysitting, but like taking care of the, the animals and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And then, and then moving houses. And if I get traded or DFA'd or anything like that, she's having to pack everything up and move. And then, yeah, it's, uh, she's a godsend, but she's, she's unbelievable. I'll never be able to thank her enough or show her enough appreciation, show her enough love for, uh, for everything she has done for me. And not only me, but everyone around her. She just, uh, she's that person. She cares more about anybody else than herself. And that's something that's uh, really, really inspiring to be a part of. I think it was in Cleveland because she's from Cleveland, right? From Ohio, yeah. Yeah, and I remember I was having a conversation with her. This was years ago. And I, we can't talk about the language that she used, <laughs> but she would never let you feel sorry for yourself. And mm -hmm. she challenged you when things weren't going good. She challenged, basically, I'll put it in, in nice terms, not to be soft. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's the same thing. Like you, how many guys' wives go? Don't be soft. The wife. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah. There were certainly expletives that were said, and that's kind of about the first time I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up marrying this person. Yeah. <laughs> but no, she's um, that's what I said. She's great for me when I'm struggling a little bit, and she gives you the kick up the ass and be like, why are you thinking that way? Or when I'm going really, really well, she gives me the point of view like, hey, don't let it get to your head because you know what. When you start getting complacent, when you start thinking everything's easy, that's when you start struggling again. And that's something that uh, she knows the right time. And don't get me wrong, I don't like it at the moment. It's, it's yeah. a battle in the moment. But when I self-reflect and go back a little bit, it's something that is uh, – she's generally spot on and the timing is almost uh, impeccable. Whatever you think of the ESPYs, the Jimmy V Award has always meant so much and so many uh, great people in sports who are, you know, instrumental in helping fight cancer ha have won this award. And the fact that you're now going to get this award this year, I know this is pretty recent. I, I mean, this is – you've done a lot of great things in your career now. This is obviously different from closing games and being at the All-Star game and that kind of stuff, but uh, this has to be right up there. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, obviously the legacy that it brings is uh, – there's, there's a lot that goes into something like this. There's a lot of background that, um, that is – like reading all about it was um, – yeah, it's – it, there's a lot, uh, but for me, I'm just I'm so honored to be even be a part of anything like this. Even to be like a there was a, a nominated or anything like that, that would be huge. But being able to go to something like this and and, and win the Jimmy V Award is I'm extremely humbled and I'm extremely honored to be a part of it. And uh, hopefully, I can continue living my life and pushing through with everything in, in Jimmy V's honor and make sure that I'm doing things the right way and and not. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, the biggest thing is is I want to raise awareness, and this is a great opportunity too, and uh, and hopefully I can keep doing things the right way. I think of his speech. I think of Stuart Scott's. I mean, some of these speeches at the ESPYS and the Jimmy V Award have just been incredible. This is a huge. This is this got to be the biggest speech of your life. Yeah, and I'm usually a wing it kind of guy, but I don't think Chrissy's going to allow me to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't so. know if this is one you wing. <laughs> no, I. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's definitely I. I feel like I'm a decent public speaker. I feel like Yo. I can talk pretty well. But, um, yeah, going to something like this, it's – I'm uh, like you. I'm a wing it kind of guy. Yeah. I'm just – hey, you know what? You may be bullet points. Yeah, I, bullet point. I ramble too much. I'm going to have – Chris will have this thing written out perfectly so that way my enunciation's correct, everything's yeah. done in the right way because I ramble. I get going and I get 
yeah, my my head gets going before my words do. But um, no, I'm I'm excited to be out there. I'm excited to be a part of it. And now being, um, that, I mean, that was nothing I ever thought of being able to go to, have a chance to go to the ESPYS or anything like that. So I'm uh, I'm pretty excited for the experience. The thing you love to do is throw baseball. What was that like when you got to come back? You're in the minor leagues. You're getting that opportunity to play again. You're healthy. You're feeling, I don't know how much better you're feeling, but you're definitely feeling better. What was that moment like? Like a rebirth? Yeah, it was a lot. Obviously, um, it was it was an experience that I <laughs> not, not never really wanted, but it was an experience that going out there that I wasn't expecting. Like, I was... I walked out to the bullpen and there was a, they put my, put some stuff on the video board and there was people with signs, there was people, everything like that. So that was one thing I didn't expect. Then trying to get ready for the game while trying to be my normal self, which is angry and kind of loud and all this sort of stuff. It's, it's really hard to do when there's a bunch of people cheering for you, not because of the situation, but because of a different situation. It's like coming into a game, I'm used to where you go, okay, it's a little closer, it's a little tighter, I'm coming in and. The lights go off, everybody gets excited. But this time I was excited for a different point. Like it was it was coming back. And I had to continually remind myself that it was more than just missing two months. It was more than just being on the IL for a couple of months. It was it was bigger than that. And it's bigger than me because I just pushed it. Look, oh, I've only been gone for two months. It's not that big of a deal. But there's a lot of people going out there that are, that are out there going through something similar that watching someone like myself go through that, can potentially inspire them to like just have that positive attitude know that I'm not alone I can do this and that was something that uh, I'll, be, I'll be holding with me for the rest of my life but I want to make sure I do things the right way and make sure I continue to be that kind of person who's making sure that hey look you're not alone there's others out there it's as I said to any survivor I meet it's uh, it's a group that no one wants to be a part of but everyone wants to be a part of at the same time all right so yes you do pitch with anger <laughs> and unfortunately, there's crowd mics that always catch the things you say when pitches come out of your hand that you don't like. What is it like now, the guy who pitches with all this anger, and there's nothing but love coming your way? Because no one's going to boo you. I mean, right. Well, they will end up booing you They again. will end up. But, but right now, there's this love everywhere you go, and you're the, you're the guy that's out there snorting and yelling and cursing <laughs> and, you know. Look, I like it loud. It doesn't always have to be positive. It doesn't have to be negative. I just like it loud. Uh, I only got a chance to pitch one, ga- uh, one game on the road so far since I came back before I went back on the I.O. with my elbow What stuff. was it like? Uh, I was in New York. and so You got was, love still, huh? Yeah, it's weird. I've, I, <laughs> you go to Yankee Stadium, you expect to be booed. That's just yeah. how it goes. But, uh, yeah, there was some cheering, so immediately I gave up a first pitch home, so that way the crowd got into it a little bit more, and I was fine after that. So <laughs> there's little things you can do, little tweaks. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a weird experience. But, as I said, as long as it's loud, I don't care. I feed off the, the energy, whether it be positive, negative, in the middle. It doesn't really matter to me. As long as it's loud, as long as I can do something, and to honest, get out of my own head a little bit. You know, elbow's always been a kind of thing for you. We've always kind of known it. Yeah, I and, mean, and you're like, hell, I don't care. I'm gonna she's fire hanging, through it. She's hanging on. That was the same thing this time. I was like, okay, I felt some pain in there, and I'm like, look, it's either gonna go or I'm gonna be able to pitch through this and it'll and go you've away. You've been saying this for years. Yeah, I found out I had a tear in my UCL in 2008, and that's been there. That's common knowledge to every team, so I'm not worried about saying it. But um, yeah, it's been in there for a little bit. The last couple of years, I've had some forearm stuff uh, kind of come up, and that's obviously. Everything's a little bit weaker in there, so whenever anything else goes, it uh, it exacerbates the issue. So we had some PRP a couple of weeks ago, 
Uh, spent the last couple of days throwing, just trying to get back, and then uh, today on an off day, just to make sure I don't overdo it, get back and throw the next couple of days and see how it goes. But as I said, this year we're just taking it day by day. There's no plan or anything like that. It all depends on how I recover. I always love going through the timeline. I was like, this is, you know, I've been doing this a long time now, unfortunately. I've been around. <laughs> and I'm like, the timeline of guy gets DFA'd, guy stays in the organization, guy says to hell with it, I'm getting back to doing it my way. Guy gets his number given to another guy while still in the organization. And then <laughs> comes back, starts the wild card game. Yep. And then you next you know. Gets the loss in the wild card game. And then he's on the cover of the media guide. Yeah. You're on the cover of the media guide. I yeah, mean, the I changes in, in Oakland. For you, the career changes in Oakland are unreal. Maybe they just had enough. Unprecedented. Of putting, they, may, they just had enough of putting Simeon on the cover every time, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, you had such a year. I mean, you went from a guy being DFA to a guy who's on the media guide. Yeah, I had a good year in 19. And that was uh, partly due to a little bit of a different mindset in me and being humbled. And a lot to do with the coaching staff allowing me that opportunity. Like, there was – who knows what would have happened if, say – that everyone was doing well in that bullpen. I was I started that year as the the long guy, the long slop guy, and then I all of a sudden I went from there. I went from there to um, all of a sudden being the closer around June and moving forward. So it was uh, who knows without that opportunity where I'd be at right now. But I mean, as I said, hard work. The harder you work, the luckier you get, and that's something that I've I've taken into it. And also be unique. Find your own way of doing things. It doesn't have to be the right way it doesn't have to be the wrong way as long as you're your own person i think it makes everything a little easier just don't just don't be average i always like that's my advice to kids every time they ask me like, what do you want to do as a pitcher don't be average just find what works for you and don't be average because average is that means everyone else is you can be below average you can be above average just don't be average we've told ace fans for years to get behind causes that you've been behind where do you want us now because i know when my mom passed away from breast cancer it was like save the flowers donate donate to help to research to help find a cure where do you want us to now donate look there's different ways of doing things you can donate whether it be time or money like look the amount of people that i was in hospital with in the like in the uh uh infusion rooms that were there alone it was heartbreaking like i had christy with me there no matter what at every time but the amount of people there alone I mean, I don't know how that would go there if you could just show up at the hospital like, hey, is there anybody who's alone I can just sit with and talk to for a while or anything like that. But, look, the one uh, there's the uh, LLS, which is the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. They do a lot of research and great stuff. There's the Lymphoma Research Foundation that um, my wife is currently looking at trying to join the board for that. So there's a, there's a lot of different places, but I'm not telling you to any specific places. But one thing I, I will stress to everybody Anybody going through anything, whether it be cancer, whether it be depression, whether it be anxiety, whether it be anything, just reach out. You're not a burden. You will never be a burden. Just reach out, say hello, ask how you're doing. It's, those are the messages that really got me, uh, that helped me get through everything. Because on the, you, you know that like on days where you're posting stuff on Instagram or anything like that, people are going to listen. But it's those other days where you just know that someone just thought of you. Just reach out and... See how someone's doing because those are the huge days and those, uh, that could be the day that really defines their optimism for the rest of their treatment process or whatever they're going through that day. Just reach out and be, be a good friend and uh, you know, you'll never be a burden on just reaching out to see how someone's doing. You said this to me years ago on the pregame show that what you just want to do is you want to make life better before you leave. 
and you do that on an everyday basis. I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for us. It has been such a treat to watch your career, to watch it just, I mean, it's been a, a crazy ride, but a crazy beautiful ride. And yeah. you and your wife are such great people and everything that you do for people, for animals, you name it, now to help fight cancer. You're a wonderful man. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And now I'm going to go and uh, meet a couple meet a couple families who are surviving cancer themselves. So doing something on the road everywhere we go. We're going to get a family out uh, on the road at home, making sure that uh, we get some people out and show them a good time and then bring them out to the game and get them on the field for batting practice and stuff like that. The great Liam Hendricks right here on A's <laughs> Gas Live. A's Cast Live continues from the Treehouse. Here's Chris Townsend. That's right, the Treehouse. And the star of the Treehouse. That's you. The Bay Area Radio mm. Hall of Famer, the voice of summer. It's summer, right? It feels like it today, that's for sure, it's, pal. <laughs> right? It sure does. The voice of your Oakland Athletics, Ken Korak, is with us. How are you? I'm well, thank you. It's going to be a warm weekend, but... Uh, it's a pretty good place to be when it's warm around the Bay Area. I like know? it. It's, it's summertime. Be a, it's I don't want to be cold. I want to be no, hot. Tonight is going to be a perfect night for baseball. Going to be in the 70s at first yeah. pitch. So, no, it's great. Uh, I'm telling you, I went through the entire notes of every single game, and Aroldis Chapman's wow. traded. Texas. Dr Draymond Green got a four-year hundred. He's staying with the Warriors. I I'm going to tell you Did the they most announce the Draymond thing today? Yeah, he's staying. Yeah, okay. I'm going to give you the most shocking thing out of anything that I've heard in sports today. Okay, go. I'm the ready. White Sox at 36 and 47 are in the race. Are only four and a half games <laughs> back of the division. It all depends on the division you're in. Pal. That's insane. And they have a really good team. I mean, they really should be better than their record. So they're fortunate, right? Nobody in their division is over 500. No. But they have a good team. I mean, so this what is do you a, do if you're Kenny Williams? Because I've been talking about if I needed something and I was a GM of a good team. I'm calling the White Sox. Yeah. Well, I think if what you're do you do? And Rick Hahn is the GM. Yeah. And um, I think you've got to stay the course with them because you have a great chance to get to the postseason. But that's for their evaluators. If they look at their club and they say we have a run in us, then why not keep the team together? Uh, you know, I'm not privy to all the contract implications and all the stuff going on with them. But if you look at their team on the field. That's a pretty good ball club. They've got names. They do. I mean, they remember when they were here last year, they raked against the A's. They had a couple of games in which they just were dominant. So um, I still like their team, and they have underachieved for sure this year. I remember when they played the uh, Field of Dreams games against the Yankees, and every guy, every guy's got his shirt open with chains, and they're hitting oh, home runs, know, yeah. and the chains around the base. I mean, they they had swag. And plus, they've got a local kid, Andrew Vaughn, who's yeah. who's been hot at a Last good series. Last couple days, yeah. Good Last series against the Angels, games. and uh, his dad uh, played for one of my best friends in high school up in Santa Rosa. So there's some a lot of tie-ins with Andrew. Yeah, last 10 games hitting 316, three home runs, six extra base hits. So right. the kid from Cal Berkeley is uh, getting it rolling. Um, when you see the White Sox, this is an organization that uh, means a lot to you. really does. I mean, they took a chance with me back in the winter of 91. My first year with them was 92. And the abridged version of the story is that and I don't hold this against the people at the radio station that was doing the hiring, but they said, we are not hiring someone from the minor leagues. It is n nothing personal. 
but we are going to hire someone with major league experience, which I had none of at the time. So the White Sox kind of prevailed in that, that tug of war there, so I'm pretty indebted to them. Yeah, there were some big names who were involved in helping you with that process. Well, yeah, I mean, they've been, they, they really have been in, in, you know, we lost Ed Farmer, yeah. my, our dear friend. Great Ed Farmer. Who was the, the analyst for so many years and became the lead broadcaster when, on radio when John Rooney went to the Cardinals. So uh, it was a lot of fun. And, and plus, they were really good. It was, it was a thrill going there, excuse me, because I was still doing some games in AAA. And now you'd walk into a ballpark wherever they were playing with Robin Ventura and Frank Thomas and Jack McDowell and Black Alex Jack. Fernandez. Yeah. And we had Bo Jackson, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was, there was, you know, Joey Cora at second and Ozzie Guillen at short. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Was that one of the toughest things to ever watch? Was literally the greatest athlete you've ever seen not be able to run? And I was there, you know, in Sarasota trying, watching him try to run. And, yeah, it was sad. And then he had hip replacement surgery and actually went to the Angels and had a pretty good year with them. I want to say the first game back from hip replacement, he went yard. Yeah, he he actually was the first and only baseball player I can think of who's played in the big leagues after hip replacement, wouldn't you say? I mean, haven't heard of it since. I've never heard of it in any sport. Yeah. But that was Bo Jackson. It was Bo Jackson. He, he was the greatest. Yeah. All right. Uh, people haven't really been thought, thinking about this. I did this the other day on TV with Dave Stewart. When I brought it up, Dave, like, couldn't believe it. Is The halfway point is not the All-Star game. No. It's just not. Right. We are at that game. Today is game 84, I believe. Right. We're in the second half. We are. What would you like to see in the second half? Well, I think we started with it today to see Jordan Diaz come up. So, and I know we talked about this quite a bit a year ago. You want to see the foundation being built, and the A's have some young players down there. I would like to see Soderstrom at some point. I'd like to see Geloff come up, and I really, I'm bullish on Jordan. The A's made a flurry of moves today, as you mentioned earlier on your show, and I think he's going to get a chance to play quite a bit, and I think he can be a cornerstone player on this club. I don't think he's going to be a 30 home home run guy. He hits, I though, mean, yeah. He can hit. I think he's going to be, uh, if he plays a lot, I think a, a 285 lifetime hitter, I think that's in the cards for Jordan Diaz. If you hit, we will find a spot. It's like Ruiz. It's like he's the one, like, out of all the people I've been watching, because sometimes I'm critical of Ruiz, but mm-hmm. there's a reason, because I see him as one of the guys that gets us out of the darkness and into the light. So I, a lot of these well, other guys, I, what, what they do on a day-to-day basis doesn't matter to me long-term. It matters for now, but long, Ruiz is the one guy I'm watching. He has the ability to help, and that's why I, I, I want to see him do so and well. And you want to buy tickets to watch him play. You want, you want guys on your club where people don't go to the concession stand when they're up, you don't go to the concession stand when Ruiz is at first base because he can do dynamic things out there. So I think he's going to be the A's all-star. I mean, I think there's probably a 90% chance of that, wouldn't you say? So I would say 100. Cause he's been, yeah, he's been a, fun to watch. In a, in a season where you've changed the rules, right? Major League Baseball is going to want to see the leading stolen base guy. Yeah. And I think he deserves it. And he could impact the game late. I know they're not playing for anything like they used to. Yeah. In the you know, home field advantage. But if he comes in the game late and it's a close game, you're going to pay attention to what he's doing. I really would like to see him roll off a couple games with two to really get the number up there close to 50. 
So during the All-Star game, they can go, AL rookie record just 66 by Kenny Lofton. This kid's going right. to blow by that. He's going to. He will not get the major league rookie record. That's Vince Coleman. Right, with like 110, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's it's, more than that. It was a lot. I think it's uh, maybe 120. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was he, a it lot. Was a lot. Yeah, people he's forget, not get that. People forget how good Vince Coleman no, was. He, <laughs> Vince <laughs> Coleman stole it. Because yeah, Ricky, so. Ricky overshadowed Coleman and Reigns mm-hmm. and all these guys. One ten. You know the, one one ten. One ten. Yeah. All right. You know the other guy that I would really like to see uh, become more productive offensively is J.J. Blade. Because I think he's another guy you can build around if he, he's got to hit more. And you know, he's only been here for a half year. His time in the big leagues is still limited. He's such a great defensive player. Yes. I think he really helps this club when he's in the outfield. You look at it's not just me. You look at all the advanced metrics and yeah. numbers and stuff. He throws way, the ball well. It throws the ball well. And so he he can really help you on defense. He's got a hit. You know, I don't think he has to hit 300, but he's got a hit. And if he can, then I think he could be the kind of guy that you could play out there and, and that, that you've got to – I mentioned this on the broadcast yesterday, Chris. The top three teams in the American League, in terms of fewest errors, have the three best records overall in the league. you got to play defense. What did Ray Fossey drill into us <laughs> day in and day out? Pitching and defense. Pitching and yeah, defense. Yeah, you're sounding like Dick Williams here. I right? mean, seriously. <laughs> you know? it's, it's, I mean, I, I, the numbers speak for themselves. They do, yeah, yeah. I, I know I'm not a hitting coach, and I know I know I never hit in the big leagues. I only play a hitting coach on, on streaming on AceCast Live, and then which on you're doing a very radio. good job of now live here. Uh, too much weak contact in the air for Blade for me. Yeah, when he yeah. talked about when we first had him on when the trade was made, he was back in Florida on his couch. I remember we were talking to him. It was about he was focusing on line drives. And now with less shifting balls on the ground, and mm-hmm. it's like we still see a lot of weak contact in the air. And he's not playing that much against left-handed pitchers either, so I'm not sure if they see him as a guy that can can play against lefties and righties, at least right now. So, yeah, I mean, he and he's not alone in that. And one thing about, about these low averages, if you took some of these guys and put them on a team that had a bunch of guys that were – Swinging the bats a lot better. Monsters. Would they be better? Yeah. Would guys be better if they were around better hitters? Because it can be contagious. And sometimes with teams that have four or five guys that are all-stars, you focus on those guys. You don't focus maybe on some of the other guys. So A great example know. of that right now is Sean Murphy. Yeah. Sean Mur- you take Sean Murphy and say, okay, you're the guy and you don't have a lot around him, his number is going to be far different yeah. than you put him in Atlanta, right. and he's one of all these guys. Now you, the way you get pitched is completely different. He batted third and fourth for the A's a lot last year. And, and teams, when they do their scouting reports, they look at a ball club and they say, well, Sean Murphy, we're not going to let him beat us. Yeah. With the Braves, they're looking at three or four guys before. And then this is no disrespect to Sean, who's going to start the All-Star game, I think, isn't he? Is he? He'll be on the on the All Star team in the National League as a starter. He's starter, yeah, commander. So, but they have Acuna and the rest of those guys, and uh, you know Riley and Matt Olson's having a great year. So he's not the number one focus when you play the Braves. I got to tell you, the news today about Cap really bummed me out. 
I, I, I've, yeah. ever since we had that great interview with him in spring talking about this is finally you're healthy, this is your year, to be that guy that everybody has always thought from UCLA to the pick by the Yankees in the first round, he's always been the, the guy that can be the dude. And the second time coming back from Vegas, I know the velocity was down, but the stuff has been better. He has competed much better. He's finally looked like that guy. Yeah. And then, wham, here we are back on the IL. We were hoping, because the velocity wasn't what it was, and you can't expect that to be what it was when he was drafted out of UCLA by the Yankees. But I think he even said that maybe next year, after the, a full year of putting that shoulder surgery behind him, that he would regain some of that velocity. So... It is disappointing, and when you have a veteran guy who can help stabilize a very young rotation that's generally struggled, it's tough. Yeah, and Kyle Muller is going to come up and pitch tomorrow, as you mentioned. He's not active yet today. So the A's made three moves today. They'll have to make another move tomorrow to get Muller on the active roster. Yeah, I was asking the commander that because all of that, Muller, I, I confirmed actually while you were doing the Marcotze show. Right. Um, and I was walking up here. So, yeah, they still need to make a move. Yeah, that's why they didn't announce Muller being yeah. active because he's not. So they'll announce that tomorrow, and somebody's going to have to go down tomorrow. And I'm glad to see him back because that big yeah. six six lefty, if he gets it going, he's another guy mm. that you want to see and give opportunity because he could be another one of those guys. But one He's got to throw his changeup. I mean, that's the one single biggest thing with Muller. He's got to throw his changeup. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to fight you on no, it. No, he's got to, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. and now all of a sudden you start having a, a stable of young guys, but it's been Paul Blackburn since he's come up. Don't you think there's been mm. some, like, stabilizing with him coming up? He's also a good influence, too. And uh, Martin Gallegos wrote about that on MLB.com. Guys going to him for tips and just advice and – He's not a real old guy or a veteran, but he can bring a little more sage wisdom to some of the young pitchers. And I like watching him pitch because he's surgical. He's not going to blow you away, but he can carve you up. And that's the kind of guy that, that I really enjoy watching pitch. Uh, big plans for the uh, All-Star break? Uh, yeah, I think that there will be a, a golf ball and a tee somewhere around here in the Bay Area. You can count on that. By the way, we did a little. I think my wife's going to the game. She's is she going really? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, hey, I don't uh, need to go to no. a baseball yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. I, I did say this uh, as we had a little outing at our sponsor, Cinnabar Hills. We had a little outing. We were out yeah. there. I, I did say to uh, your partner Vince Catronio, I think the biggest sandbag partnership I've ever seen in one golf cart is you and Shooty Babbitt. From the standpoint of what? You guys are going to downplay how good you are. Well, yeah, well, you know. Shooties You're going to be are, asking for strokes when you shouldn't be asking for strokes. No league is bigger than this league, right? Shooty Babbitt. Babbitt. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think Mac Babbitt is back <laughs> on TV this week. I know. He's great. I haven't seen him tonight, though. It's always nice to see what he's wearing, too, because he outdresses all of us. Oh, right? you can't compete. You can't compete, no. He's great. Puts Shooty us Babbitt. to shame. Well, thank you for stopping by. Thanks, buddy. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, it's good to I, be here. I know the crowd always appreciates You're it. You're the mayor of the treehouse, so it's uh Have it's a, a good call, and we will Thanks, see you in the, pre in the press box. Talk to you after the game. The great Ken Korak right here on A's Cast Live. 
This is Chris Townsend, and it is summertime. You want to look your best, and I can't tell you how excited I am. Commander Cody, we've got our new shipment from Link Soul, all the summer gear. So whether you're playing golf or you're going out for dinner, you're hanging out with your buddies, or you're going to the beach, go see our friends at LinkSoul.com. And right now they have an offer where you can get 20% off. Go to LinkSoul.com. Remember in the big leagues, look good, play good. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Oh, I'm getting the big word today. Kids are, my kids are opening up bank accounts. Oh, boy. Driving, bank accounts. Driving, bank accounts, colleges, lots going on. Mark Kotze. The manager of your Oakland Athletics is going to be joining us. What time? 5.30? Yeah, so about 15 or um, 18 minutes from now. Uh, he, his draft story is always interesting because at the time he was training with Team USA and all the top guys, the college guys, not high school guys, were all together staying in like at an army base or whatever. You'll hear it coming up. It's an interesting story when Mark Kotze was picked. What was he, ninth, tenth overall? By I, believe, the, I believe he said ninth by the uh, then Florida Marlins. He's so old he was a Florida Marlin. Yeah, I remember those days well. Where were you at the Tampa Bay Rays and the Florida Marlins? Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Devil Rays, that's right. <laughs> I screwed up the joke. It's okay. I landed the plane for you. All right. <laughs> I'm more of a California Angels guy myself. A good, that's a good team. Uh, yeah, quickly, a lot of people play that Immaculate Grid game. You saw us playing it. I don't think a lot of people play that. You're the only person I've heard that plays it. Okay, well, just check Twitter. A lot of the big MLB people play it. I think you overplay stuff. Would you say a lot, like like Wordle a lot? Uh, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if people are playing it as much as Wordle, but people, people baseball play people are Wordle playing it. all over the world. Baseball people are playing this game. Okay. But one of, the, one of them yesterday was Angel National Great, but you could use the Expos. So I love that you can actually, when it's a team like that, you can use the Expos, which is great. So I was like, Kevin Franzen. And everyone's like, wait, what? Kevin Franzen? It was like 0.08% new Kevin Franzen play for both teams. <laughs> That's what these guys do in their spare time. It takes, it takes five minutes. It's not like I'm. Ooh, who's an Oriole and an Astro? Kurt Schilling. Was Schilling an Astro? Is there an Astro? I don't think he was an Astro. Oriole Astro. Oriole Astro. Who was on the Orioles? Uh, Glenn Davis. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's anyone more recently. Uh, we don't need to worry about it. Oriole Astro. I Could it like be a Colt 45 and an Oriole before they're Astros? Yeah. I mean, t- I mean technically, yeah. Uh, Michael Elias. GM, Oriole and an Astro. Oh, has it? <laughs> that goes. That goes uh. back. That goes back with my A's Yankee, Bob Melvin, manager of the A's, all-time winningest manager of the A's, and was a Triple A great catcher with the Yankees. Caught Mariano Rivera in Triple A. We 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 brought this up the other day with David Feldman in our group text, and we we owe Mickey Morbido. Oh apology. my God! Preach on! Preach on! When we did our top 10 A's Yankees of all time to play for both teams, we completely forgot the great Mickey Morabito, who has been with the A's since the 80s, but originally with the Yankees. 
Mickey should have been number one. Sorry, Reggie. Yeah, I apologize to our traveling secretary, literally one of the most popular human beings in the history of Major League Baseball inside the world of baseball. If you go inside, inside baseball, Mickey Morbido worked with the Yankees, came with Billy Martin to the A's, has been here ever since. He is an absolute legend in the uh, sport of baseball. The fact that we did not mention Mickey Morbido being A's and Yankees is big shame on us. It is. That's why I wanted to make sure we brought it up and apologize to Mickey for that. And my mind is still trying to figure out who was a great Astro and an Oriole now that was a player. <laughs> I, I, I feel like there's one more recently that happened and we just. Glenn Davis I know for sure. I don't. I don't do, you, do you know who Glenn Davis is? I heard the name, but. Glenn Davis was a massive power hitter back in the day for the Astros. Then he went to the Orioles. I'm, I'm, Marcus, our intern, saying Miguel Tejada, Miguel Tejada was never an Astro, was he? I don't remember as an Astro. I, I remember it was an Oriole. So Glenn Davis hits. Uh, so Astro Oriole. How the, how's this for home runs back in the pre-steroid? 20, 30, this is the Astrodome, by the yeah. way. 20, 31, 27, 30, 34, 22. He had a nice little career. So I gave you one. I know. You, you there got, you go. You got me. That's that's a good, that's the first time I've been stumped on this so far. Usually I pulled an obscure guy at all the time, but I can't think of a. There, I, wow! I got him. Yeah, you got me. This is, this is bad. That was like my first just random He's, rando. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's easy when it's like a pirate and a random person. I can just name a random pirate from the '90s, and no one has any idea who he is, but he played for them. How about if you start going like uh, teams that haven't been around that long? Like D-back Rocky. The, the, I got something on that one. Chris Ionetta. Oh, yeah, I'd never get that. Yeah, no, I was I'm like, who's a D-back and a Rocky? D-back and a Rocky. Okay. Ionetta's one. It's the one that I should have gotten. He was also an angel. Can't be that many guys. Uh, How many no. guys have been raised in Marlins? Ryan Stanek. Ryan Stanek was a Marlin? Yeah. I mean, it, you're talking about... <laughs> recent yeah i mean how many guys i mean i know yeah one i mean how many, we, how many guys played Rays and marlins besides stanick like if they i could think of i mean i don't think there's that many how many rangers astros nolan ryan nolan ryan <laughs> uh ranger astro i know that i know we're because there's been quite a few uh giants a's yes Let's see. Besides, besides Nolan, again, I feel like there's going to be a big power hitter. Wow, coming. he's put on the spot. I said Nolan Ryan already. I, you got Nolan Ryan. Captain Luke. Obvious. Yeah, geez. <laughs> that's like that's like what I'm talking to the interns you're about. You're claiming you're like so great at this game. I brought up a two, and you're like. Oh, 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 oh. Ranger, Astro. I'm sure there's. Well, while you think about your, your little grid game. Um, <laughs> one of the uh, happy birthday, by the way, Trey Turner. All-Stars, okay, I'll get to the yellow. I, I don't, all right, All-Stars quickly. Uh, I want to get into this innings pitch by bullpens. I think, I think Does anyone surprise you on there? Well, I mean, there's Jonah two. Jonah High, is yeah. anybody an American League, National League guy anymore? Remember how you were either an American League or a National League person? Like, I'm an American League person, you're a National League person. Does it matter anymore? No, I don't think so. Uh, American League, Jonah Heim, Yandy Diaz, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, Josh Young, it's not Jung, 
It's German. It's young. So the entire Rangers infield besides Nathaniel Lowe. Mike Trout. One of my favorite names, Randy Rosarena. Great Cardinal Ray player. Uh, Aaron Judge. Shohei Otani made it. But uh, yeah, what's he done this month? There's not a surprise for me on the American League team. And really not on the National League team either. I mean, if you're going to pick one, if you want to, we have to, probably Jonah Heim. I mean, he's having a really good year. but He's been fantastic. Yeah, and he got, fit, and he got voted in by the fans. Well, they're in first place. Yeah. They've got... They're still in their honeymoon period because they never really got a honeymoon period because of COVID with their new ballpark. And this, this, is, this is why they talked about they needed a new yard because the biggest problem was, hey, do the Rangers have a big fan base? Yeah, they do. But weather sucks so bad in the summertime in Texas that – how did you know whether they were going to have a game or not when there's always rain delays and always issues? Now the Rangers know, or their fans know, they're going to have a game. That's the key about having the retractable roof. They're going to have a game, and you're seeing their fan base and now being able to vote online, their fan base is fired up. But, you know, they're not ready for Cowboy season yet. They're not ready for training camp. Ranger fans are out there in full force, and you see it by the voting. Yeah. And they went out and got a roll as Chapman today. Yeah, and I, great ballpark, too. I went there last year. I love that ballpark. I, I got to see it as it was being built. As we were, as I, as I, I am the one human that got Ray Fossey to leave the ballpark. As I got Ray Fossey to leave <laughs> the old Globe Life, whatever the hell it's I think it's, it's Field, now it's Parker. Maybe it's the other way. I, I can never I, remember. I got him to leave to go to Texas Live and have barbecue. I got Ray Fossey to leave the ballpark in Texas in, in between a doubleheader. And they were building the new spot. It, it looks fabulous. Speaking of Rangers getting a role as Chapman, you know, one of the things looking over across the bay, which has been really interesting for me, is that the San Francisco Giants are they're red hot. And you have to give them credit as much as I can't stand them. And I have no problem being an A's honk and saying I can't stand the Giants. The Giants' bullpen has been fabulous. And right now, their bullpen in this month, 12-1 and with a 2.66 ERA. In a month. That's pretty good. 12-1, and 2.66 ERA. They do a lot of bullpen games, too. Opener and Yeah. And you'd think that they're leading the world in bullpen innings. They've had 125, which actually is the most in the majors in June. So we are becoming a bullpen game. Every single year, bullpens eat up more innings, right? That's something that we see. But you would always think that the team that uses the most bullpen innings stinks because your starters stink. That means you got to go to the bullpen, which means, man, you're having a rough year. Yes, and we're looking at it now, and the team that's leading is the most surprising. I mean, I don't know if it's too surprising because we know how much this team likes to use their bullpen, but they've been using more of their starting pit. They haven't used the opener as much this year, and we're talking about the Tampa Bay Rays, who are the best team in baseball record-wise right now, and they lead in reliever innings with like three, what, 345 and a third, right? 345 and two-thirds. Two-thirds. They lead the A's by two outs. The A's are at 345. That makes sense. The A's starting staff, which as a whole has gotten better, but has been throughout the year not very good, it makes sense that the A's are second 
an innings pitched by the bullpen. Third, makes sense, because we just told you how much they've been using the pen, is the San Francisco Giants Correct. at 341. So your top three has two of the best teams in baseball. Tampa, San Francisco, the other's Oakland. The fourth is another horrific team this year. That's Colorado Rockies at 338. So it's kind of head-scratching, right? Usually bullpen use means bad record, but two out of the four are terrific teams. The other two are two of the worst teams, while the Rangers have the very last, their 30th. This is where you want to be 30. You want to be 30 in bullpens and your bullpen's innings pitch. It means your starters are doing the job. Bruce Bochy, being old school, is utilizing very good starters going deeper into games, so they have used the least, the least amount of bullpen innings, and because you wonder, all right, now that you head into, into July, and then you're going to get into the dog days, now every series you're going into, unless you're coming to the Bay Area or you're playing inside, you're going to be playing in some really hot, muggy weather bullpens get burnt how will this play for tampa how will it play for san francisco so far so good but two of the best teams have utilized their bullpen a lot and i can tell you dave stewart talking with the giants people while i was at nbc the past week great to have brody brazil back uh back at his post nbc uh california ace pre and post game live but it, Dave talking going, I don't know if it's going to last. So we'll see how that lasts, leading the world in bullpen innings and doing it throughout an entire season. And what does that look like once you get into the postseason? Yeah, and the, I think the Rays used the opener yesterday, and it was Zach Littell who was an opener a lot for the Giants the last couple of years. Just like how Sam Long, Sammy Long with the A's, is now back of the end of the bullpen guy where he was an opener for the Giants. The Giants are kind of going full bore on this bullpenning thing because instead of instead of going out and get a fifth starter because they've had injuries with Cobb and DiScalfani they're using their bullpen a lot and it's just we'll see if it sustains for them because sustains for them because the Rays have done it but they've had how many different guys go down with injuries and, well, and they got a long way to go man we're talking about we're at the halfway point you've got a long way to go another team that was just in town give them credit and who has utilized their bullpen really to keep them afloat because they have had no offense. That's the New York Yankees. The Yankees have had the best bullpen if you look at numbers-wise, not innings-wise, but ERA-wise, the Yankees have had the best bullpen. So I'm fascinated by that because I think in the end, the Rays are the one team that is focused so much on just a volume of arms, burning through arms. They've had the most guys hurt. But they've had such a focus on bullpen that they've been able to do it. But other teams, will the Giants be able to do it? I mean, obviously with the A's, this is horrific for us. Being at 345, that 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 is. I'm, I was looking. They've raised have used. If you don't, if you include a, if you don't include a position player, they've used. It looks like 30 different pitchers already this year. 30 pitchers. Yep. They've had how many guys start a game for them so far? So this is including openers. They've had 14 different starting pitchers. That includes openers. Well, the opener is a starter. Yeah, 14. That, I mean, that counts. They've had 14 different guys. Yeah. I see the Rays being able to sustain it because it's been a part of their DNA. 
I don't know if, uh, if other teams, like, I don't know how long this will work for the Yankees. Uh, the Giants' volume, the Giants' volume and success with it doesn't seem healthy. Yeah, it doesn't. And I, I forget how many, you know, I'll look. I'll see how many guys the Giants have used, um, pitchers this year. Because I know they've used, like I said, we talked about they use a lot of openers. but And even though the Giants have been just killing it in June, I mean, Giants are still two and a half games back. Dodgers, God, we've acted like the Dodgers are just leaking oil so bad. Dodgers are still just two games back of the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Giants have used 10 different guys to start a game, including openers. So, and they have several guys on the injured list. Brebia, who's a guy that opens for them. Yeah, obviously, Alex Cobb's hurt, and then the other uh, one is Cobb's going tonight. Oh, so he was, then he's back then. Okay, so he yeah. was hurt, and then Scott Alexander was the other one that was hurt. But yeah, they've used a total of what I say was ten different starting pitchers, and include not including position players. It looks like nineteen different, uh, eighteen different pitchers. And I don't know, like who would have the answer to this, but the opener is back. Like it came up big time. We had Liam Hendricks here. Ray's got it going. Everybody started using it. I remember people like, oh, teams with great rotations like the Astros. Because the Astros, I mean, they had Verlander, Grinky, and Cole. They're, they even started using it. So it became like real chic, and then it went away to where it didn't go away for Tampa. Tampa kept using it, but the opener kind of went away for a while. Well, the opener is back in full force. And each team is different, but the A's, we've been using it a lot. I don't think I've had a lot of success with it, uh, but obviously the Giants have. We know Tampa has. We thought that was something that was going away, and the opener clearly is not going away. Yeah, I, I found it yesterday because I've been curious because I've been looking at the Rays game notes when they use the opener to see what their all-time record is, and they don't put it in there. But I found an article from – January of this year talking about how great or what their record was. I think it was including the postseason, the Rays using the opener coming into this year were 91 and 60, I think is what I have. I have it on my actual computer. Maybe it's 94 and 60 because um, I think they use 154 times. So it's been really successful for them and the Giants have used it well. I mean, obviously it hasn't helped the A's yet this year, but yes, it's back for sure and I, I think we're going to keep seeing it because how many guys keep going down with, in, in pitchers we keep using as a sport. Oh, it's an epidemic. Don't know if it's sustainable. Yeah, but. it's an epidemic. There's just not enough human beings. We just don't have enough human beings to be able to have this many. We don't have enough human beings to get enough outs in a season. And uh, the way we're running through pitch, the way we don't want pitchers to throw now, the way we don't want to have guys have big innings, we rather just get a bunch of relievers but the way we've trained these relievers, they can't sustain what they're doing because they all have a shelf life. Being full max guys, they're all at some point going to get hurt. We can't keep keep guys healthy. No one can keep guys healthy. I like. I wonder at what point are we going to, as a sport, be like, we need to have a conference on this. We need to figure something out because it's just not working. We don't have enough bodies. There's not enough guys. Yeah, the, the, one, big, the one big guy that was the guy that – was when we're talking about relievers and their shelf life. Remember how great Nick Anderson was for the uh, the Rays? Yeah, then he he's, blew out his I don't even know where he's. I think he's a. He might be a Brave now, or he's somewhere. He's just you he's know part of the World Series team for Atlanta, huh? For Atlanta it was for the Rays. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was their closer. Yeah, yeah. he was their closer 2020. in twenty twenty. That was his best year, 
and then I haven't heard of him. I haven't heard about You're him since. You're looking at me like I was crazy. No, I think he was a former Marlin too. There's your another Marlin Ray. Is that my Marlins brave Ray? Could be, yeah. I, by the way, just thought of an Oriole, Oriole Astro, Scott Feldman, the former right-handed pitcher. There's obscure for you. And you wonder I'm not playing this game every day. <laughs> you get you get you get rewarded for guessing people like a lower score. So someone like Feldman. Like if I get rewarded, like what's my reward? Let's get a great rarity score. So the higher the rarity oh, score, God. so if you have a 500, that's not that's not great. If you have a 100 score, that's actually really do good. Do you ever feel like you just got an ample amount of time a day to do stuff? No. I mean, I, I, go, on, I go on an hour and a half walk in the morning, and then I do that. Do you do it on your walk? Like, when do you do no, it? No, I do it when I get back, usually. Is this like, do you get, like, prepared, focused? Do you time yourself? <laughs> uh, no. Um, it doesn't take me that long. There's people that literally said, like, my buddy was like, oh, yeah, it took me, like, 20 minutes. For, you sat there for 20 minutes trying to figure this out. I mean, it's not that hard. How many people cheat? Probably a lot. It just, I told my friends, I don't know how my mind works like that. I remember unknown guys that played for mall. It's just really weird. Uh, one of the stories in baseball, before we get out of here, before we got to, we'll get to the manager, Mark Kotze. Everybody, and rightfully so, we have talked about, and everybody around baseball has talked about the AL East and the success of the AL East. Look out for the NL East. Because the NL East right now, and not your Mets and Steve Cohen in the highest payroll in baseball history, and wait for it, they've got a new dog named Seaver. No, not saving the season. Mets are in trouble. It's been, how about this? Oh, boy. What? Bob Melvin and the Padres just got walked off by the Reds. Oh, Bob, Bobby Melvin. If I go in the Pittsburgh, it was a get-right series, huh? <laughs> How'd that work out? Bobby Melvin. Wow, well, you just... Not to take you away from your NL East talk. Uh, the losing streak with this loss. Six now? Padres' losing streak is at six games. Going into this, those six games, they were outscored 31-12. to 12. This means they're now going to be a season-worse eight games below 500. Wow. What... We've been following this because we were in San Diego for the winter meetings. And we've been getting inside stuff about what's been going on down there. And I have some pretty good connections down there. This is a franchise that's exactly should warn everybody. This is why you don't run your franchise the way the fans want you to run a franchise. This may be the most case in point. Unless there is a dramatic shift in how they play, they find some magic pixie dust. You have an owner that is spending hog wild, made everybody happy, right? Their fan, their fan fest was so big they didn't have enough anything. They didn't have enough security. They didn't have enough personnel. The fan fest was so big. And what did everybody say? Everybody said, see? See what happens when the owner spins? Two owners have spent like a fan this year. Steve Cohen of the Mets and Peter Seidler of the Padres. Two teams that are an absolute 
dumpster fire. But New York's always going to have the money that the Padres don't have. And this has been the case of what is it like when a team who doesn't have the big television contract, who doesn't have the resources that, ah, bad contracts, no big deal, shake that off. Peter Seidler is using his personal wealth, his personal businesses to back these contracts, which is should be a no-no in professional sports. That kind of takes you back to Frank McCourt back in the day, that disaster when he owned the Dodgers and he was trying to bankroll things through his parking lots. How did that work out? And you've got all this money. Remember all the excitement? Everybody's telling you this is how it should be. Well, you have a team that now is eight games below 500, nowhere near the division, let alone the wild card. They were talking about a parade route for the World Series. Everybody was saying, yep, this is how ownership should go. He's like a fan. He understands us. And now you've put your franchise in such financial, maybe jeopardy for years to come. Because you have these huge contracts. You re-up with Machado. You have the Tatis. You've got the Bogart. you got the Bogarts. you got the U Darvish. You've got, a uh, guy just said horse bleep. Musgrove. You've got Joe Musgrove. You've got Cronenworth. They now, what are you going to do with Soto? You've got. Hater you have to worry you're, about. You're, you're, nearing, you're nearing, if you add any more contracts, guaranteed money of over a billion dollars. For a team in San Diego that literally is locked. They don't have a big cable deal. And, oh, by the way, they're one of the teams, Bally's, who's gone bankrupt. They're not even getting their cable money right now. It's going through Major League Baseball. So you've got the ocean to the west, Mexico to the south, Arizona and desert to the east, and the Dodgers and the Angels to the north. This could end up being one of the biggest financial disasters and you're going to go, well, you did what the fans want. Yes, you want to you want to appease the fans and get fans excited, but there's also a smart way and a dumb way to spend money. They clearly have overspent for certain players. They didn't build a strong 40-man roster. They didn't build a, a strong 26-man roster. And now, if this goes south, there's no, you've already, you once built up the best farm system, according to the rankings, they built up the best farm system. They're all gone. Yeah. The farm system's gone. All these players that you've almost, it's over $800 million at this point you've guaranteed. They're all just going to get older, and their money's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not great. But you won the winner, and you won FanFest. How's it looking now? How's it looking now? It's, it's not, unbelievable. It's not great. And like I said, like we said, they just got walked off by the Reds, who they're playing well. But, yeah, not great. But I want to get into this note about the Phillies. Because, obviously, the Braves, Braves and the Rays are the two best teams in baseball. But the Phillies, through 81 games last year, do you know what their record was? Anyone? I'm not going to answer because I know the answer. 43 and 38. Right now is game number 81 for them today against the Nats. They're 43 and 37. So if they win today, the Phillies will have the exact same record through 81 games as they had last year. 
So you're telling me they're going to the World Series again? Isn't that amazing? Last year, bad start. Well, they fired the manager. But last year, bad start. This year, bad start. They could be at the same record. I uh, we can actually look that up. What is their score? They're playing right now. Uh, let's see. Phillies, they are playing. They're down 2-1 to the Nationals. All right. We'll see how that works out. But they could be. And, oh, by the way, you know who's replacing? So last year it was a three-headed monster of Mets, Braves, and Phillies. This year the three-headed monster is Braves, Marlins, Phillies. Phillies. Marlins right now have the best record in baseball. I was looking at this in the notes today. I was I was literally I was proud of them. Marlins have the best record in Major League Baseball dating back to May 26th at 23 and 8. I'm happy for them. You know, a lot has been said Jeter came in and Jeter's been thrown out. Kim Ng got the leaving the Yankees got the opportunity. A lot of people ripped her on moves she's made. All of a sudden, they've had they've got one of the best records in baseball, and they're in second place in the NL East. Yeah, and it's a, a great story in our game. And they have a guy chasing 400. Oh my God, a rise! By the way, their run differential is zero right now. Very surprising. Zero. Usually, when teams are like that, they're like 500 or below. How about a rise on a 13 game on base streak during that time, hitting 434? I you know what? I know our guy, you know, Saris is an analytics guy, so he's not going to like it. Uh, I think hitting 400 would be a big deal. I, I agree. I, and and I, I, I'm not a batting average guy either. And I think you batting average, batting average haters, but I think you're going to see that batting average does matter in our game. And even if he gets to... 395, 390. It's going to be a. It's going to be one of the biggest stories in our sport, and a lot of people are going to watch it. You ready for Mark Kotze? Yes. Am I going to go play bingo? Yeah, you, you, we got about 18 minutes of pregame, so you better hurry. You mean Ace Total Access brought to you by Chevron? Correct. I've missed her. I've missed her, and I've also missed the clubhouse show. I've missed her too. Those are my babies. I've missed my pre and my postgame show. It is great to be back. It's great to be back at the Coliseum. As much as I love doing TV and I love Dave Stewart and NBC, and I'm glad Brody's back and, and doing well, um, I've missed being out here. It's great to be back. It feels wonderful. Thank you for watching A's Cast Live. We want to thank the great Liam Hendricks. We will get that up on YouTube as soon as possible. Liam joined us for how long? It was like 15 minutes. Liam Hendricks stopped by. The great Ken Korak stopped by. And now you're going to get the manager. It's time for the manager show with Mark Kotze. Time now for the Mark Kotze show brought to you by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep for all your bedding needs, your mattress, your sheets, your pillows. Go to nestbedding.com or go to their locations in the Bay Area and use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your order. This guy and his entire family sleeps on beds from Nest Bedding. <laughs> That's correct, especially here up in the Bay Area. And you need to get a good night's sleep. That's one thing you coaches do not do. You guys <laughs> grind so much, and you have such odd hours that you do, in the end, need to take care of yourself and get a good night's sleep. Yeah, well, you know, the couch we're sitting on actually has a pullout, and I have <laughs> slept in this office before with nest bedding, yeah. believe it or not. The, the heavy uh, throw blanket and the pillow come in great. You know, it's hard to believe because we, we have always thought about the second half being after the All-Star break, but it's not. The second half is now. We're past 81 games. So what do you want to see from your club in the second half? 
Yeah, you know, I think I think the expectations are, are continue to improve. Um, you know, we started out in April with only five wins. May was a six-win month, and now June has a chance, I think, to be uh, nine. Is that right? Yeah. And so, you know, continuing to improve, continuing uh, to to try to win more games each month than than we started out with. Um, you know, I think we've become more competitive uh, as the season has gone on, and uh, that's good growth, especially for a lot of these young guys. But now the expectations can be raised a little bit. The um, you know lack of, I guess, or a better term. Um, just less mental errors. Um, they've had a chance now to, to get their feet on the ground. And, uh, you know, there's now some expectation level that, you know, they got to execute the fundamentals and, um, you know, no more excuse making. Uh, you, you've been here and you've gone through it. You Fact, know, it's been yeah. a game. So, you know, we, we I, I mentioned it all the time, whether it's this show or the post game show, the little things, little things, you do little good things lead to big things. Little bad things lead to a disaster. And, and people don't really think about that, but it is the attention to detail. The good teams that you were on, the good teams that you have faced, they always do the little things. Yeah, they really do. And, you know, this this last uh, Yankee series, you know, we, we didn't execute defensively. Uh, both plays led to, you know, bigger innings than what they should have been. Um, you know, and so execution of the fundamentals, obviously, you know, human errors, errors are going to happen. Um you know, but if it's lack of concentration, then, then that's going to be an issue, obviously. Um, you know, for these guys, you know, their focus um, in, into the detail, uh, you know, we talk about it a lot. And it's something I, I, I harp on, um, you know, that, that the expectation level is that we take care of the baseball and we execute fundamentally and we get a bunt down, we move runners. And now second half, it's really about, you know, seeing progress with runners in scoring position for the offense. All right, I think about one guy who I pay a lot of attention to because I think he really matters, helping this team get to where we need to go, and that's Ruiz. So his first half, how do you grade his first half? What'd you like? What does he need to improve on heading into the second half? Yeah, you know, I think you know he does a lot of great things on the baseball field. Obviously, his speed is dynamic. Um, you know, he leads the league in stolen bases uh, for the first half. I think we can continue to allow him to run, but we got to make sure that those uh, base running mistakes on the bases aren't costly. Um, you know, he's got to continue to grow in that. Um, and, and the timing of those mistakes can't lead to, you know, being thrown out at third base with two outs and, and the uh, runner, you know, him being in scoring position already. So, but, um, you know, in terms of just continuing to, to improve, I think the exit velo off contact, um, you know, we're looking into and seeing, you know, if we can create a little bit more power behind the, the, the stroke. Um, so he's making adjustments. So through those adjustment times, you know, he may not, you know, be successful, but I think in long term, he's going to be more successful. And I think that's key for him. But, you know, continuing to get him out there and continuing to watch him play and watch him grow. How much do you talk to him about his defense? Yeah, we talk a lot. And I think, you know, Mike Aldretti is in charge of the outfield defense. And he's one guy that uh, has some experience with it. He's been an outfield coach for a while. So, you know, it's getting him comfortable, getting getting Ruiz comfortable with taking direct routes and being instinctual. And, and, and I think the more and more we're going to see him out there, the better he's going to get. He made a great play against the Yankees coming in. The Toronto series was a little bit more difficult. Um, but I think the Toronto conditions with the shadow split in the field, reading the ball off the bat, even Kiermaier had a little bit of a hesitation on a couple balls. So, uh, and Kiermaier is one of the best. No, no doubt. And, you know, something I think no question has been a positive. And you can see from April, May to June, and hopefully we see this more in the second half. 
your pitching numbers have gotten far better. Scott Emerson, we just saw him here in your office talking to him. Just talk about overall your pitching coach, the pitching staff, how, as you mentioned, getting more competitive. Yeah, you know, the, the pitching coaches have really worked hard um, from April and even through spring training. You know, we got out of the gate with just, you know, a young staff, guys that hadn't hit any experience, um, not having Paul Blackburn in the rotation to begin uh, really hurt. And, and, and that showed itself, you know, going out there with um, three, four rookies in the rotation. Um, we took our we took our lumps. And, and but I think, you know, you've seen some progress. You've seen some growth, especially from a guy like J.P. Sears, who's now you know, continuing to get into through the five, through the fifth inning, into the sixth inning, and occasionally he's pitched into the seventh. So um, that's a good sign for us, and and we're gonna we're gonna need those guys uh, in our future. Um, but both Mike McCarthy and and Scott Emerson have really really worked hard. They have individual meetings post uh, start. They have individual bullpen meetings every day. Um, so they're really really diving into the the numbers, the data, and and just trying to find you know every. Uh, nuance to pitching that they can to to teach these guys to communicate it with them to 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 just help them get better. And of course, you got to build through the draft, and that's going to happen while this is running until we talk to you the next time. So A's have a higher pick than usual, and that's usually a good thing because usually we're winning, so it means we're picking later. But going back to your days, coming out of Cal State Fullerton, being Player of the Year, you're on Team USA. What what was Take us back to when you were drafted in the first round by the by the then Florida Marlins. That's right, the Florida Marlins, uh, ninth pick uh, of the first round. And and what was great about that year was there was a lot of first rounders. We were all together because we were all on the USA baseball team, and they had us uh, held up in Millington, Tennessee, in some barracks. Uh, I think it was the Army barracks, where we would um, walk down the hall once the phone rang. Skip Bertman, who's the head baseball coach of the USA team, would come and get you and say, "Hey." Uh, so-and-so's team's on, on the phone. And, and Chris Benson was the first. He was the first pick that year. So Benson was the yeah. first to walk down the hallway. Travis Lee was, I think, the third pick in the country. Braden Looper. Um, you know, some guys that really had some some long major league careers were in that draft in that 96 class. And so I got drafted. Uh, we had to play the, the Summer Olympics that year in 1996 in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I was the only one of the first rounders on that team that left early from the Olympics after we won a bronze medal, I didn't stay for the closing ceremonies, which I regret to this day. But I left and flew home, packed another suitcase and flew out to Chicago, where I joined the A-ball team for the Florida Marlins and played the remaining 18 games left of A-ball season um, because I just I wanted to play pro ball. And I said, this is the fastest thing uh, to the big leagues was go play. And everyone else didn't play. Uh, they went home, yeah, enjoyed the closing ceremonies. stay for the ceremonies? Once in a lifetime opportunity to play A-ball? I think I played my first game in A-ball the night that the Olympics ended and closing ceremonies were held. So Wow. And I was the first one to the big leagues of that draft class. Uh, the following season in 97, I got called up from AA and uh, became the first uh, member of, of that 1996 draft class to play in the big leagues. How different. I mean, you just think that you're in an army barracks. Now we got everybody on TV. We want to be like the NFL, the NBA draft. You're in an army like you're in the army. Soldier, you're next. <laughs> yeah, no air conditioning either, by the way, which was great. So in Millington, Tennessee in, uh, in June, July, August. But it was a great experience. Uh, it really was. And I know that all these kids that are lining up for this draft, it, it is different. It's definitely a different experience. Now they go through a combine. Yeah. Now they go through an interview process. I talked to David this morning, and and uh, I know we had talked to the TCU third baseman. Uh, you know, he and Scott Hatterberg had a Zoom 
just to get to know these guys, you know, before they, you know, obviously invest a lot of money uh, and time and energy into it, into the process. But it is definitely a changed process for sure. Well, how about this? You know, I'm thinking about how you got drafted and this is a college heavy draft. That's what they're talking about. You went to A ball, double A, boom, you're in the big leagues. And remember when he got to the big leagues, you're talking about a team that was going to win the world series. So it wasn't like you're on a complete rebuilding team. Taking a college guy early in the draft, you don't expect him to be in the minor leagues long. Is that correct? I mean, that would be my expectation. Now I'm not involved really in the draft from, from, you know, that standpoint, but um, I, I agree. I think any, any, High-level college player, especially in the SEC now, coming out that's had success, that goes in the first round. And it's my opinion, I would dump him into Double A and say, "Here you go. Let's 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 see yeah. what you can do." And you know, it, it's a big jump, probably. I mean, there's a lot of other distractions that happen, but I think a lot of these first rounders now they they don't tend to go right out and play. Um, they tend to kind of wait and and sit on a summer and then decide, Oh, we're going to go to instructional league. But my advice, if, if I was getting drafted or uh, advice to a draftee would be go out and play. And, and, you know, the quicker you get to the big leagues, the longer you're going to be able to stay and have a long career. And I think about for you, you went through so much change last year with this team here in the second half. I have a feeling we're going to start to see some of the younger guys in the back of your mind. I know you got to take care of what's in this clubhouse right now, but in the back of your mind, are, are you excited knowing that at some point we're going to see some of the guys we do think are the future? Yeah, it, it's exciting. It's also, you know, there's also some anxiety to it. Um, you know, we've seen these younger guys here for these first three months. Um, they're slowly, you know, understanding what it takes to play at this level every day. So if we go through that process again with another group or, or, or a few players, um, you know, at the end of the season, we, we could see some more growing pains from those guys, which is, is to be anticipated. And, and that's OK. I, uh, you know, we understand where we're at, um, you know, but the goal still is to, to win baseball games. And I know there's a couple guys uh, in AAA that are that are playing well, that are putting up some numbers, which is a great sign. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as, again, it, it will be a transition for them, though, when they get here. What are you doing during the All-Star break? Uh, we're going to spend some time. So we end in Boston. We're on the East Coast. I played in the Cape Cod League. I love the Cape Cod League. We're going to go out and uh, and see a game. The family's going to stay with me, and uh, then we'll end up flying back. Like it's important to really disconnect, isn't it? I mean, it's as much as you can, but it really is because you're living this. At, I mean, as we're saying, we're just we're on a couch that he uh, <laughs> there's he, a bed under here. He is slept on, <laughs> so it's like. It's one of those deals where you, you do need to get away and your wife and your kids. and Yeah, it, it, it's important to, to, to kind of shut off a little bit for sure and, and, and re-energize and come back in fresh. And I think we'll end up doing that. And I think the guys will end up doing that as well. Well, enjoy the break. All right, bud. Thanks. The second half before. I mean, it's hard to believe we're almost at the All-Star break. It is. It is hard. But we're here and we've got still two and a half months to go. All right, that's the Marcotte Show brought to you by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep for your mattress, your pillows, your sheets, all your bedding needs. Go to Nest Bedding, the stores in the Bay Area, or you go to nestbedding.com and use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Chris Townsend, and it is summertime. You want to look your best, and I can't tell you how excited I am. Commander Cody, we've got our new shipment from Link Soul, all the summer gear. So whether you're playing golf or you're going out for dinner, you're hanging out with your buddies, or you're going to the beach, go see our friends at LinkSoul.com. And right now they have an offer where you can get 20% off. Go to LinkSoul.com. Remember in the big leagues, look good, play good. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.